1: A very merry draft miss to you. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. I'm the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the first episode of 2019 for the AP Draft Show. Jake Stack is back with me. Find him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. We are back, baby. In the meadow, we can build a football
2: team. <laughs> Yes, I am so excited to be back. Uh, draft season is the best season. Merry draft to everyone.
1: It's uh, it's been draft season for you for a while since you've been a Packers fan. Uh, we are kind of new to this. It's been less than a month for us. I'll fill you in. <laughs> what what have we missed? Actually, oh, I do want to do something real quick. What we left uh the the 2018 season on a cliffhanger. We said. The best prospect in the 2019 draft class is... Who is it, Jake? Nick Bosa, man. It's Nick Bosa. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I thought it was going to be Ed Oliver. Like If you had asked me that in April, I would have said Ed Oliver. But you're right. Nick Bosa is but Nick now Bosa the dude. Nick Bosa would
2: have been on your short list,
1: though. Oh, absolutely. He he definitely would have been, and uh, yeah, he's kind of taken a stranglehold. I would take at Oliver, even if they want to put him at off-ball linebacker, which some people were rumoring. Ed off Oliver Ed off Balliver. <laughs> That's actually the the group name of me and Matt and Craig's and, and Jake's kind of group chat for the draft season. And we we're, we're gonna talk to Matt. We're gonna talk to Craig um, later on. And funny thing is. Matt and Craig, they were on our last episode of the draft show last season. We had them jump in and do, you know, one minute or two minute, you know, kind of segments about prospects. So, you know, that was kind of like, I think that was like the first time all four of us were involved in something together. Foreshadowing something great. I I guess so. or, Or just all right. Just, you know, average, you know, adequate, adequate draft content. You know, that's that's what we're here for. Um, So today, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the local prospects. We're going to start in our own backyard. So we're going to talk about uh, the prospects from Missouri, talk about the prospects from Kansas State, Missouri and Washburn and actually we're going to have a, a you uh, said uh you said Missouri twice did you mean KU no oh. chance, chance <sighs> becoming
2: a, a Missouri fan apparently I guess so. just
1: KU football is not even a real thing anymore I mean it's it's struggling but Les Miles is on the way up um yeah Missouri K-State and Kansas sorry about that uh we're gonna add we're gonna talk about Washburn too so you know Washburn has a guy named Corey Ballantyne he was at the Senior Bowl Uh, Kind of an interesting late-round prospect. We actually have a two-minute interview with him from the Senior Bowl. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited about that. Are you trying to tell me Happy Valentine's Day? (laughs) Ayo! Yeah, we're in. (laughs) I guess it'll be the day after Valentine's Day when... it was recorded though you know that a valentine for valentine it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful but let's jump into a few prospects that uh that i i actually have to cover and jake has to cover we're gonna talk about some prospects that that matt and craig have evaluated already what we've done this year is a little bit different when when it comes to building um our evaluation list and and kind of ranking and grading prospects we've all split up by positions uh, and so we've all kind of had, you know, primary focuses. We're all gonna come back together and watch all these prospects, but we've got one primary person kind of um, on each individual position. So I've got quarterbacks and running backs. Jake has running back or wide receivers and tight ends. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about what Matt and Craig are doing later. We've already got over 200 prospects graded at this point. So we've got a lot of prospects, you know, that we've already churned through. And uh, we've got some really cool stuff we're going to announce here very soon about what we're doing with that content. And we've got all kinds of different moving pieces and parts to what we've got going for draft season, AKA draft miss. Merry draft miss to all of you. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about uh, a Missouri Tiger quarterback who is probably the highest graded and probably the highest uh, draft position. Uh, most likely of all the local prospects, and that's Drew Locke, quarterback from Missouri. Drew Locke's been a very interesting evaluation for me, Jay, because when I first started watching him, I watched some of his early season tape, and I came away extremely underwhelmed. I I thought he was erratic. I thought he was inconsistent with his accuracy. I thought he tried to get cute with his mechanics. And then as the season kind of moved along we started to see more out of him. We started to see uh, control of the ball at all three levels of the field, a little bit of creativity with, with how he's moving in the pocket, how he's finding plays, and, and some intriguing traits. You, know, you saw a lot of those traits that were with him all the time, but he really kind of started to tap into him a little bit more. I kind of started to be a little bit more impressed. What do you think about Drew Locke?
2: I think it's interesting because you talk about the drew lock throughout the season of last year to this year as well. And I think last year, there was some kind of uh, buzz about him coming out towards the end of his junior year. And so that was really interesting just because I thought people were kind of excited about him at that point. And I think it was kind of the same case because he kind of came on strong towards the end of the season. And I think like you just alluded to, it's basically the same thing with this season. So what Drew Locke are you getting? I don't know. I think that's the question, but I think he's a toolsy guy. Obviously, you've studied him more than I have. Just looking at him from like a baseline, he's he's got the right size. He's got actually pretty good good arm talent as far as um, just being able to throw from different platforms sure. and things like that. But I think he's a risky, risky guy to take a chance on. So obviously, he'll probably go top 10. just right. Because right. he's got the tools. He's got the intangibles. Um, people are going to swing for the fences on him. How do you think he'd fit in with the Chiefs, Kent?
1: I, I don't think we need to worry about how he would fit in with the Chiefs anymore because... Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback. And this this time a year ago, I would have been trying to talk myself into a lot of these guys as, you know, believing. Right now, currently as we sit, I've got a third round grade on Drew Locke. I mean, from a, from a perspective of a quarterback position, a third round grade goes in round one a lot of the times too, because, you know, it is hard to kind of, um, you know, get these guys. And if you think he has a chance to be a starter, he's around one quarterback. Um, he has a chance to be a starter. There's still a lot of things I have questions about with him. Um, you know, I, I want to see him be more consistent. I want to see him execute those easy throws, but um, you know, that's a guy, I mean, he's, he's going to go in the top 10. Uh, Where would
2: you put him just as far as physical tools for, at the quarterback
1: position? In this class? I mean, Kyler Murray's got more physical tools. It's just different. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I, I don't say think he's got the same physical tools, but I think he has plenty of them. Daniel Jones, uh, Drew Locke has more more tools than than Daniel Jones. So, um, I mean, he's got tools. I think he's got a long way to Where go.
2: Where would you rank Drew Locke in last year's class?
1: Oh, uh, very far down. I mean, he would have been QB... Uh, I uh, Josh, I I like Josh Allen better than I like Drew So Bobby. behind
2: the what about Lamar Jackson?
1: Uh no. He'd be higher than Lamar so Jackson. So probably
2: behind Josh Allen in front of Jackson. Yeah.
1: That around I, around where Lamar Jackson where I had Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson went round 1. Uh running back from Kansas State Alex Barnes. Here's another guy that I've been the primary grader on and I kind of went on Twitter and kind of asked some people just kind of get an idea from K-State fans what they thought Alex Barnes was from a draft grade perspective, just kind of curious to see what they thought. I got a lot of round four, round five. I got a round three. I'll be honest with you guys. I have a undrafted, undraftable grade. I have a fringe round seven priority free agent grade. So here's the thing about Alex Barnes. I think what you see is what you get. I think he's uh, a physical runner. I think he's got a little bit of long speed for a guy his size. I don't think he has any real lateral quickness to make people miss. I have some vision questions about him. I don't think that he's a guy that you're going to be able to trust in the passing game. I have some pass protection questions about him too Um, at times. I I think he's just kind of inconsistent there. But I think he could be a really solid special teamer. You know, I, I think that's a guy that, you know, there's there's some interesting qualities about him as a football player. I just don't know if he's dynamic enough as a running back to really hold any value in this league.
2: Yeah, and there's a, a term that a lot of people are probably familiar with. We'll call this the scouting term of the week, Jag. And I don't mean like he would be a Jacksonville, a Jacksonville Jaguar. Jag, he's just, he's just a guy. And in this draft class, He he's a fine player. Like I don't get me wrong. He's he's a fine player, but the devaluation of the running back position as a whole is gonna push him down. But then on top of that, there's this is a good running back class. There's about there's about 10 guys that I really like probably that you could take between rounds two and six. Right. And Alex Barnes isn't one of those guys. And I talk about guys that maybe when I, when I say guys I like, I mean guys that I think could come in and, and maybe even be a one or two on an NFL team. And I don't think Alex Barnes is that guy. Right. If Alex Barnes is your starting running back. You, you're you in trouble, you know? I think, like you said, he could be a good special teamer, but so could a lot of those guys in that position um, and in, in that capacity, so I, I just don't know. I, How-
1: think, I think Barnes is a guy that be, would be willing to play special teams, too, and like I, when you watch him, you can tell that there's some football character to him as a player and the way and the style which he plays, so, I mean, that is a guy that could, you know, make his way on a team like that.
2: And what's interesting with him is he's coming out his junior year, and so he could have went back for his senior year, but with the running back position, Kent, do you think he would have do you think he would have increased his draft stock by going back for one more year
1: yeah we were talking about this earlier i don't think so i you know i i, I don't you know i it's a guy that there's really not much left that he can show um he kind of is what he is and so it, that might be a guy keep some tread on those tires for the next for the next opportunity whether it's the nfl or whether it's with my orlando apollos we'll find out but hot shots Oh, uh, no, no. Orlando Apollos all the Hot way. Hot shots are too deep at the running back position. They don't have a spot. <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to a receiver from Missouri, Emmanuel Hall. Uh, Jake, you're the primary grader on them. What did you see from Emmanuel Hall? A guy, I believe, was getting some senior bowl interest or might have even got invited and then wound up moving on.
2: Yeah, so he was someone that I was actually really excited to see at the senior bowl because I've, right now I have like a fourth, fifth round grade on him, and I feel like a lot of people are going to think that's low. But let me explain myself. One, he got hurt his senior year, and I think he's he's a kind of a tall, frail-looking guy, so there are some injury concerns and in how he holds up at the next level in general. Um, but really, I mean, with these Mizzou guys, I don't ever love the way they've, de- they've been developed coming out just because they they don't really run a full route tree there. When If you ask him to do anything vertically, he's fine. But what really, really bugs me about Emmanuel Hall is just to kind of go with that slight frame. I just don't think he can survive on the outside as he is right now. Because when you watch him try to get off the line of scrimmage, there are times where wide receivers... They need to, in a sense, they need to kind of play behind their pads and use their hands to not let corners get their hands into their chest. And he is a guy that comes off the line of scrimmage and almost like put sticks his chest out and just gives corners a huge target to get their hands on him and to really redirect him. So pretty much anything besides a a, a vertical route, he really struggles with. So I, I I like him to a degree to a degree, but I don't think he is as ready as some people might think he is. Um, I think he's got this, he's got the size to, to kind of be a high point type player. But when you watch him, he kind of likes to basket catch everything too. Um, so he kind of lets the ball get into his body a little bit too much. Now that's what I don't like about him, but there are certainly things that I do like about him. Um, I think Emmanuel Hall, like I already mentioned, he he's a long guy and he's, he's a long strider too. He, he eats up cushion in a hurry. Like that kind of goes along with what I talked about with his vertical routes. He's, he's pretty proficient, like with a, like a seven or a nine on his route tree, a corner that's, and a go. Yes, yeah. But that's, I mean, but that's basically it. His anything. Anything horizontally, I didn't love. Um, he does a decent job with his hands, though. Actually, to create separation, like on that, on that, on that go route. And what I mean by that is a lot of corner, a lot of uh, a lot of corners like to keep their hands on you as you as you run down the field. He does a nice job of making sure corners keep his hands off of him as he's running at full speed. Um, he's got a pretty nice speed cut. Uh, he, he's a pretty smooth athlete when he can get into his cuts vertically. But I think you know. The biggest thing that I like about him is I do like his ability and his ball, his his body control um, looks pretty nice. He's got good flexibility, but right now, just with him, he, he's probably a higher upside type guy that I I think should be there in the fourth or fifth round. Now, that could change. You know, he could come out and run really fast at the combine. But this is also a really deep class right. at the wide receiver position as well. So as I as I watch a lot of these wide receivers, I'm almost the more I get into it, the more I'm almost like biased with myself where i'm saying like <laughs> could this no this can't be another top 100 grader am i doing this wrong like yeah. all there's these receivers all seem good and emmanuel hall uh just didn't give me that vibe like a lot of the other guys did so that's kind of why he got pushed down as well because um it's it's tough sometimes to grade these guys in a vacuum and i know that's what you want to do but when you're watching them back to back over and over again you almost kind of start to 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 put them in positions and i saw that's why in my head the fourth and fifth round is where i would be
1: comfortable taking emmanuel hall but that's just me um so jake one kind of follow-up to that you know you talk about how deep this wide receiver class is and i do agree with you there's a lot of dudes there kind of in that mid-round range um emmanuel hall sitting there in the in the fifth round is he a value? Is he a value yeah. like for the Chiefs if the Chiefs wanted to pursue a wide receiver to develop? Is he a guy that you think that they should, you know, look to develop in day 3? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a guy that could come in and actually fit what they
2: do pretty well. Um, just because he's got that vertical speed and obviously with a guy like Pat Mahomes, you can throw the ball all over the field. He's going to he's going to have to develop. I know uh, yeah okay so i say yes and no because I don't know if you can play that slot position either right. and I know that could be something that the Chiefs are kind of looking for this offseason is is kind of that guy that can come in right away and play the slot then maybe eventually move outside I don't know if you can do that he seems more like an outside receiver and that's because his underneath routes aren't really proficient yet and that's probably something you're going to want more in your slot receiver but in the fifth round i think he'd be of great value for the chiefs i think he's a more than would be more than like a welcome addition as a developmental type guy um i think he's a more refined what's his face robinson whom i think yeah i think he's uh because you know we've talked about demarcus at length <laughs> And how he's kind of just a freestyle type runner. I think I think Hall's a little bit more refined, more than structured. That. I think he can operate in a structure a little bit better. But um, you, when you're saying fifth round, a lot of people think the draft ends after four rounds. So yeah, he'd be
1: he be a value there in the fifth round for sure. So he's definitely got to keep a look out for. Just kind of keep an eye on him, see how he does at the combine. Uh, we're gonna bring Matt on here in a minute to talk about uh, some tackles. We're going to talk about some defensive linemen. It's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll get to that right now. And we are joined by Maddie Lane. Find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Uh, I've been reminiscing Maddie you know we I think this was your first uh you know kind of exposure to our podcast and stuff all that stuff back in what was it May the last episode of the draft show from last year you actually jumped on and gave us a take about Breland Speaks
3: yeah I sat in my car, and I recorded myself talking about 38 times until it sounded right, and my <laughs> voice wasn't so high-pitched like it always comes across in recordings, and uh, sent you a nice Breland Speaks take, which I feel from what we saw is pretty accurate.
1: I think you were nicer on Breland Speaks than than what the reality you was. You gotta I,
3: pander to the fans a little bit, kid. Yeah. You can't just come out and say he's a trash can like some <laughs> would do.
1: Yeah, like the funny thing is, like I think we all got raked over the coals for our brilliance Breland Speaks pit takes last year, but boy, he did not look like a second round pick to me. I don't know about you, and I—I mean, he'll be he'll be better with with uh, Spagnuolo and playing a, a strong side defensive end, but like, there's still some concerns there.
3: Yeah, he's going to be in a better spot for him to succeed, but even so, like we talked about plenty over the offseason, if Breland Speaks becomes everything that it looks like he can be, is that still worth a trade-up into the second round to pick a run-first edge defender?
1: Nope. The answer's no. Exactly. Um, okay, so we're, you know, we're talking about local prospects today. I wanted to go over three guys that you have been the primary grader on. We'll start with Dalton Risner. Tackle guard from Ken, Ken, uh, Kansas State, uh, Senior Bowl invitee. We got to see him play. What would you think about Risner?
3: So I like Dalton Risner. His game's very clean. He's a good prospect. He tries hard. There's a lot to like about him, and he seems like a great person. Every interview or interaction you had with somebody down in Senior the Senior Bowl week or heard from him, had a great time talking to him. So he's got everything going for him, except for me when I turn on the film, I just don't see an offensive tackle. And the crazy part is he fits all the length and size measurements. I think he'll fit any athletic testing requirements. You want to have an offensive tackle. He just seems to struggle so much with length on the edge that mm-hmm. I think you're going to be better off kicking him inside the guard. And it's not even a bad thing. He's going to be a fantastic guard at the next level. You're just, he struggles with length on the outside. So I still gave him a second round grade. still like him as a player a ton I'm just not sure I see him sticking at offensive tackle in the NFL whether or not you try him there or not it's kind of be up to the team who takes him
1: so he went up against a long edge rusher uh, in Montez Sweat uh, against Mississippi State earlier in the season what did what did you see from from that game in particular against a guy that's probably going to go in the top 40
3: yeah, and that was that's the first one that kind of started it off. You just see that Sweat continuously got his hands into Dalton Risner's chest before Risner got his hands into him. And it's not the end of the world if you know how to recover. But Risner just seemed to struggle a little bit with recovering from that. There's a few times where Sweat was able to get leverage, get up underneath Risner's pads, and then he had full control of him the entire rest of the pass rush. And outside that game, you don't get a whole lot of good pass rush when you're playing in the Big 12, especially these kind of long athletic edges. So you didn't really get to see it again until the Senior Bowl week where it was more of the same. Risner looked a little bit better there handling it, but it was still much the same. You have an athletic, long edge rusher on the outside, and when they get their hands into Dalton Risner, he just struggles to mirror him and stay in front of him, and it's just something that he struggled with despite having all the length you would ask out of the position. A big thing is he opens his hips real early to try to get up the arc rather than staying with his butt facing the quarterback more or less. He opens his hips up to where he's more facing the other offensive tackle with his butt, and that's just not what you want to see out of your offensive tackle. Then you're kind of looking like Garrett Bowles out there.
1: Ugh, Garrett Bowles. Wonderful. Uh, Let's talk about the defensive line. A couple of local prospects, Terry Beckner Jr. from Missouri. Uh, wasn't he getting some senior bull looks potentially as well before not
3: winding up there? Yeah, I don't remember if he didn't get an invite due to a small injury or something like that, or he just simply wasn't invited. He should have been. He very much deserved to be there. It's a strong defensive line class, so I understand why there isn't space for him, but he's a pretty good player. I do have some concerns with him. I think that, like a lot of Missouri defensive linemen coming out recently, he just doesn't have the most explosive hands. And when you play out on the edge, I think people are able to look past it. When you're on in the interior, you can't have soft hands. He's plenty strong. When he decides to bull rush somebody, he can hit somebody and drive them backwards, move them off his body. But his hands just don't make any impact when he hits arms or a def- offensive lineman's body most of the time and it's just kind of this weak hand thing that just doesn't do it for me for an interior defensive lineman but he's got good athleticism so I'm interested to see how he tests he could really climb up some boards if he tests well I'm just not sure if it's going to be enough in this kind of defensive class
1: so what kind of round valuation are we looking at right now with him
3: I got him in the early day three right now, and it's kind of one of those spots where I think athletic testing is going to be huge for him, whether he's stepping up into that third round range or he's going to stay there in round four, maybe even slide to round five if he tests as stiff as he looks on some plays. He has a really good arm over pass rush move, and when he's hitting this move, he looks like a great player. He easily looks like a day two player problem is you can't find a highlight pass rush of him without finding the arm over I struggled to find more than one move that he was able to win with on any sort of consistent basis so that's kind of where my big worry lies
1: yeah and that's just not sustainable at the next level you've got to have a better plan and more to work with uh when it when the competition gets the way it is okay uh, one other defensive line prospect and probably the only uh, Kansas defender really worth talking about uh, with, with great length Daniel Weiss, defensive lineman out of Kansas what did you think about him
3: So Daniel Wise is a guy I'm still working to find a little bit more film on. So I kind of got an early start on him, but I really like his game. He's got a little bit more of a compact frame than some of these other guys you're going to see and talk about this year. But he does have these powerful hands. His hands kind of explode into Blocker's body, hit their arms. He's got a good first step. He's pretty linear as an athlete goes, but that's going to be all right on the interior and he's played up and down that defensive line. So I really like what I see out of him. I think you still have a lot of work to do. He's pretty raw, and that should be expected kind of coming out of Kansas. They're still getting that football program on its feet. I guess. And uh, <laughs> they're just trying to teach people how to play football. So he's getting there. I really like the, Like I said, his hands coming out of his stance. He gets them into players' bodies. He plays low. There's a couple plays against Oklahoma. And I believe this was from last year, actually, where he took on two, three offensive linemen in one place. They tried to pass him on to somebody else, but he got the better of every single engagement just because of how powerful his hands are and how he keeps them nice and tight to his body.
1: Yeah, thank you for not slandering the Jayhawks too much for me, buddy. I mean, that was very mild compared to the things that you normally uh, you normally shoot at us. Uh, okay, Maddie, I wanted to ask you, just give me one player that you've watched recently that's really caught your attention.
3: So there's a lot of guys, but I think we're gonna have to start with Christian Miller. And the big reason is I kind of went in expecting him to be this very toolsy bendy pass rusher, because that was kind of what his was labeled as. And he definitely is that. His net selling, Maddie, point. that's
1: that's Christian Ma- Miller out of Alabama. Is that correct?
3: Correct, out of Alabama. Okay. You know, we're still getting used to this. I'll have to remember to say colleges and numbers yep. and stuff like that for everybody. It's Number okay. 47. But it's all right. Buddy. I regress. He's uh he's a pass rusher. <laughs> that's his selling point. And so that's kind of what I went not expecting is a part-time third-down edge rusher, and that's not what he was for Alabama. He was a guy that played on first downs against the runs and second downs and then as well as third downs. He's kind of a situational player, but it's not a specific situation. He's just I guess more rotational, but his overall game was a lot better than I thought it was. He dropped into coverage a little bit. He kicked out into flats against some passes. He was able to play the run really well. He dominated tight ends. He was throwing tight ends left and right when he played against Missouri just out of his way to make plays against the run. So, guys that are fans that are looking for a guy in the early rounds to be a kind of dominant Sam linebacker for the Chiefs, he's a guy that you could look at if you think the Chiefs are going to address the position with a kind of a heavy value rather than waiting for more of a just-another-guy jag later in the draft. So Christian Miller, great pass rusher. He can bend. He's got all sorts of pass rush moves. I think people are going to be surprised seeing him at the combine, just the way he moves, because this is the kind of guy that they say the old phrase, you can run under a table. He definitely can run under a table because his ankles have the most insane ankle yeah. flexion in this draft almost that i've seen out of anybody
1: i agree with that i saw some clips of him recently uh funny that you use the the jag term jake actually you know dropped that as the the term of the week with uh earlier in the show so that's perfect See,
3: i'm disappointed that i don't get to hear jake's voice the better looking of the host wow. of this podcast while we're here wow and as far as i know it has not been confirmed that jake's a jayhawk fan so he's already two up on you
1: <laughs> yeah jake's a bison fan so uh you know, and Easton stick. I had to watch his his quarterback at North Dakota State yesterday. Um, ungood. Very well, I'm sorry un-good. for Ungood. Okay, well, uh, we'll catch you next week uh on the show, and then I'll see you on the lab here in uh, in a couple
3: days. Sounds good, bud. You guys have fun with the wild rest of your nights. Get some tape done. We are joined by craig
1: stout find him on twitter at barley hop craig i was reminiscing with jake earlier we all the last time we did a draft show all four of us were actually on it because we had you and uh maddie do do little you know sound bites for the last episode yeah, no.
4: I've been waiting for an invite ever since, but you jerks <laughs> wouldn't allow me to come back on the show for some reason. It's been almost a year. Wow. And I, 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 I know. I,
1: I didn't realize it was that bad. You're just you were just terrible. Uh, no, I, you should feel better. Uh, we just haven't done a draft show since then. So Oh, have you not? I, no. I, I haven't been paying attention Actually, honestly. So I, <laughs> we've been doing the, I've been doing this podcast with these two guys. Both of them like one of them's really tall and like is apparently just like I think I think he's a rocket scientist and I think he also like has like a he owns a restaurant probably I think he like he's into gold mining for like he's just a he's just like this man of many talents like I, I he sounds like a prospector he's got this great prospector impression it's fantastic so
3: fantastic <laughs> He's fantastic.
1: fantastic.
3: Go so, get he, that David Johnson. Yeah. I actually
2: heard <laughs> The reason you weren't invited back is because your puns weren't good enough. That's true.
4: Oh, that's definitely the case. I can't keep up with you guys when you get going on the puns.
1: No, there's there's no chance at all. Um, Okay, so Craig, uh, you are responsible for off ball linebackers. You're responsible for the cornerback position. Those are your two primary, you know, grade, you know, greater. You know, the, the, the you're the primary grader for them. And there was three local prospects that fit that mold. Um, first one, let's talk about Therese Hall, the linebacker from Missouri. Tell me a little bit about him.
4: Uh, Therese Hall's uh, 6'2", 230, off-ball guy, very high-energy guy. He, he's he got some range to him. He's not a big tackle collector in that defense. He, he launched five sacks this year as a blitzer, so he really kind of developed as a blitzer a little bit. Not great in coverage, but he does kind of fit sort of this new style quicker faster little smaller linebacker that maybe doesn't stack and shed so well but uh can get out there and run with running backs run out in the uh off ball in the second level a little bit better than you know your traditional bigger bulkier linebackers
1: uh so if he was to be drafted by the chiefs would he be more of a will I think he would be more of a will. Uh, he'd be a guy that they'd take late. He's
4: definitely a guy that uh, would be a special teamer. I can see them being a, a very good special teamer, actually. He's got the speed for it and everything like that. So, yeah, yeah. But he would definitely be a will.
2: So, I heard today, and I think it was Dane Brugler that said he was watching inside linebacker or off-ball linebackers and after the first three guys he said it's pretty much slim picking is have you found that to be kind of accurate so far
4: oh man you know we we've had Kent complaining a lot about the guys (laughs) that he's had to review and how he's not a big
1: fan of a lot of them I got Boy, the let me worst you, positions, and we I, don't even need one of them. We have Patrick Mahomes, so I'm just sitting <laughs> here wasting all my time so we can watch and grade 25 quarterbacks. Like, come on.
4: <laughs> but off ball, yeah, after those first three, it is slim pickings. Like, it, it falls off a giant cliff. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to find a couple diamonds in the roughs that could be maybe round three guys, but right now
1: it's not much so at the bottom of that cliff is a linebacker from kansas uh joe Denine. i and craig we're both have ku fandom and we're both here just not fans of joe Denine as a draft prospect
4: yeah I, i'm not a big fan of joe Denine. he plays the game kind of like a traditional linebacker that i just described kind of a you know, bulkier, broader kind of guy tries to just run through offensive linemen. He collected a lot of tackles. Uh, he had twenty-two and a half tackles for loss last year in twenty seventeen. He he was a big tackle guy. He just has zero range, zero lateral mobility. He, he just wouldn't be a great guy to
1: add to this team. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about Denine. I think he's like around two thirty like he's not a big guy I know but it shocked
4: me I turned on the tape and I was like oh okay this guy you know 250 pounds easy he moves a little bit like a bus (laughs) and you know it's just like he's 250 pounds easy and everything like that and then I I read that he was about 230 235 and I went "Oh, okay so that's (laughs) Interesting that he doesn't have the size to really play with that. Like I said, he he collects a lot of tackles. He had a lot of tackles for loss in that system, but we all know that Ku's defense is nothing to write home about. So the fact that he was the leading tackler on that team well, isn't insane. A whole lot.
2: I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna this is gonna be a teaser for the future. But Ku's best defensive player actually might have been playing tight end for Texas A&M <laughs> last year just a teaser don't remind me i'm not, I'm not me. gonna get into that too much but that'll be for a, another episode uh
1: david Beatty, uh, come I, I i i might go off on that episode um <laughs> craig one more guy i wanted to ask you about it's a guy we all saw at the senior bowl i actually got to uh to interview him we're gonna play that interview here after we get done with you uh Corey ballantyne cornerback from division II washburn I, there's really not much out there on tape of him, but what did you see from him in the Senior Bowl?
4: I, I saw a guy that was long and, and bigger. He he's six foot, about two o four. So he he's got good size on him, and he's well proportioned. It's not like he's lanky. He's not very high cut. He's well proportioned. He showed up in day one, and he played like a guy that was terrified to be playing with Division One football players. He was. He, yes. he was just very tentative very slow to react and so we kind of wrote him off a little bit and then day two day three he showed better than guys like chris boyd that have gotten all this you know all this buzz guys like isaiah well, johnson that craig that's that's not
1: that's I know so not hard to say from the seizure ball <laughs> spoiler isaiah johnson. alert we don't like chris boyd
2: <laughs> not good
4: <laughs> what well, i mean isaiah johnson is a guy that came in with a lot of hype. I thought Corey Valentine looked ankle, better than so. him on day two and day three. He, he's a longer guy. He's a guy that I think is going to be like a round six, round seven guy. And depending on what he runs, he might go a little earlier. I, Washburn's got a kid that's going to get drafted.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. He was a guy that definitely got better as the whole thing went on. And I, I was very impressed with him. Uh, Craig... Uh, we'll be checking in with you obviously every week on this show Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff we're looking forward to one thing i wanted to ask you real quick though um, one guy that you've watched recently that has kind of stood out to you someone maybe that we're not talking too much about but that's really kind of impressed you recently
4: Montre hardage I have been about him for about 24 hours now. I sat down and actually (laughs) reviewed his tape last night for Northwestern. He jumped off the screen. I'd kind of written off the rest of the corners that I had left on my list, and he just was great. He really was great. He's got a full toolbox, 5'11", 187. He's got great feet. He's got fluid enough hips. He's good in man coverage. He's a very smart cornerback his just he just doesn't have long speed if you keep a safety over the top of him he's a guy that i think could contribute immediately and he's a guy that nobody's talking about like people have him down in like the 230 240 ranges matt miller has him at like 236 right now so i think he's a guy that after the combine comes and some people watch some more tape he's gonna move way 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 up right now he is inside my top 10 Cornerbacks in this class, so okay, I I am a big fan of him right
1: now. So if he does wind up, you know, not climbing up that board, you're thinking, you know, if the, you know, we've talked about this, if the Chiefs decide to double dip at corner and maybe he's there in round five, are you pulling the trigger? Perfect, no doubt. I am, I am absolutely pulling the trigger. I'm
4: trading up in round five to go get him. I, I love this kid. I think he's got a big, big NFL
1: future. That's Craig Stout. We will talk to him next week. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Craig. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks to Craig and Maddie for jumping on with us. You're going to hear from them every week. They're going to join me and Jake every single week on this show. Wanted to jump into a quick two-minute interview that I had with Corey Ballantyne of Washburn at the Senior Bowl. Take a look at this. Uh, really interesting dude. I'm definitely re- re- rooting for him after listening to it a little while since your last game what has the process been for you and with your preparation you know what is what is it was last couple weeks look
5: like uh well the last couple weeks i've been training um i i know initially i started the season at 190 and then end of the season about 183 and just been been trying to get my nutrition right getting my weight back up to a good playing weight and um also you know watching film getting good mental reps one-on-ones and um, so I'm not too out of it when I, you know, get out here and practice. And then, um, I mean, just try not to let the, the whole atmosphere get get the best of me just soaking it all in coming from a division two and you know being thrown into all of this is new to me so just trying to enjoy myself
1: what like technically what is uh what's what's been one of your focuses leading up to some of your from a technical aspect what's Um, one of your technical
5: aspect uh i think pressing pressing technique Uh Uh, my technique sometimes i get out of my frame and so i've been working on trying to do drills to you know, stay in my frame, making clean breaks, and being explosive out of my break, I think is what I've been working on mostly. Have you had a chance to talk about the Chiefs yet? I have not. I talked to them, uh, I mean, when a scout came to my school uh, a couple of months ago, but not recently, no. Uh, what would it be like to play for the Chiefs? It would be amazing, especially, you know, being that uh, that close to home. Um, a lot of friends, a lot of family there. Um and I would definitely love the opportunity. Um, and it's a great team. Great, I've heard it's a great organization. So I would love to be a part of the team. Are you from the area? Yeah, I've been in Topeka since I was since I moved to America. I moved here when I was six. Oh wow! And I moved straight to Topeka and been there ever since.
1: So you grow you grew up in Topeka yeah, your whole life. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's cool. And,
5: and you went to went to the hometown school and all right, that. Right, all of that, and I mean a lot of local guys that I knew, I was real comfortable. My parents were, what, 15 minutes away from my house, so whenever I wanted to, you know, go home and hang out with the family, I was always close. You moved to America. Where, where, where are you originally from? I was born in Jamaica. Oh, wow. Me and my mom moved here when I was six, about 2001. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, she married my stepdad, and, I mean, they've been together for years now. So. Dude, do you, have you followed the Chiefs your whole life? Has that been a team you followed, or you follow someone else? Um, I don't necessarily see. I don't necessarily have a favorite. Yeah, I, I kind of watch whatever's on. I just like football. Yeah, um, I, I like certain players and their attitudes and mentality. I like Marcus Peter uh, Peters. Um, I know he used to play for the Chiefs, and I, I was watching him when he was there. But um, I do enjoy the Chiefs. I was watching the game this weekend too. So whenever they're on, I'll try to catch a game. But um, I don't necessarily have a favorite.
1: that was a fun interview with Corey Ballantyne thanks to him for uh, taking the time to talk to us over at the Senior Bowl that was a really cool experience to get to talk to a guy and learn about him a little bit Uh, Jake I want to go ahead and talk about uh, one prospect each that has kind of stood out to you recently for you who's some guy that you've watched recently that has kind of really grabbed your attention some you're really interested in so, my guy is a lot of new film came out on him recently. He's someone that's
2: been on our radar since the Senior Bowl. He kind of jumped out. Uh, really, he jumped out there. Uh, but there wasn't a ton of tape on him until I think he kind of stood out to some people. And that's Trayvon Wesco, the uh, tight end, H-back, fullback from West Virginia. I really like this guy. He The first thing that stood out to me is how big he is. He's, he's a legit... I think he weighed in 6'3", over 270 oh, wow. at the Senior Bowl. And I had one game that I had watched him going into the Senior Bowl, and it, it, he was all right. You know, His tape is, is just all right, I, I'll be honest. But the way he moved at the Senior Bowl, he, he's an exciting guy that I think, especially when you talk about how does he fit with the Chiefs specifically? I think he'd be a really fun like, move tight end, H-back guy because he's massive, but at the Senior Bowl, he really showed that he can move pretty well. And when you watch his tape, I think some of it just might have been what they were asking him to do at West Virginia. He lined up in the backfield quite a bit. He is a he's an absolute kill shot blocker as a fullback, which is fun, but not always effective. So that's something um, that he kind of needs to pick and choose with that because he wants to knock some... He wants to knock you in the next Tuesday, but he's he misses sometimes and he whiffs. But what I thought was really impressive at the Senior Bowl was, like I said, his ability to get into routes and his explosiveness in and out of his breaks for a guy that's 270. Um, so if you could get him, especially like into the Chiefs' offense, he'd just be another mismatch nightmare. I think he's got a really large uh, catch radius. Uh, he's he's got good hands, and he's actually like showed like some explosive ability. You just got to kind of look for it after after the Senior Bowl, and that's what was really cool about going to the Senior Bowl and seeing these guys live. Is you get to see stuff live that doesn't necessarily show up on tape or doesn't jump out right. to you on tape. But then you go back and watch, and you say, "Oh no, that was always there. That was always there. He's always had that." Uh, but Trayvon Wesco is a Guy that I think would be just a great utility knife for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a guy that they could they could split out wide. He could. I mean, he really is. He's probably the best H back in this class, and he's a true H back because he can line up in the backfield. He can line up. I mean, they split him out wide too a little bit. So he's a guy that I think would just be a really fun fit for the Chiefs because hashtag score 100
1: <laughs> yeah you're you're kind of on this hype train where you just want the chiefs to go in all all in on kind of just i would take dk
2: metcalf in the first round <laughs> if he's there if i was the chiefs and and not and not even care what you fans think what about Whatever. the defense you don't you don't need a defense when you score hundred every
1: game <laughs> um yeah one thing that you kind of mentioned about west Coast, you know anthony sherman's an unrestricted free agent i well yes you're a couple of days ago me and Craig and Maddie kind of put together a plan for what we would do on the on the roster for the Chiefs and we kept re-signed anthony sherman kind of reluctantly for two million dollars i think he's kind of a locker room guy he's a solid special team he's a good fullback but man it would be interesting to add a guy like wesco to play that fullback role be a little bit more dynamic there was times when anthony sherman was tied in three lined up in line on the with with kelsey and harris so it's like I don't know. Maybe maybe a guy like Wesco could solve some of those problems, be a little bit more dynamic as a fullback. It'd be an interesting add. And I think you would be giving up a little bit as far as
2: just a pure fullback with Wesco cuz Anthony Sherman is I mean he's a good fullback. Like if if you want a guy to line up uh, in an I formation, run a wheel route, he can do all that stuff. And and I don't think Wesco is as good of a natural blocker as Sherman, but I think he could add a lot more just different dimensions to that Chiefs offense that Sherman just can't.
1: So a guy that I've kind of been interested in and and noticed lately that really stood out to me is a safety from Mississippi State, Jonathan Abram. So I went in early because Abram was a guy that was initially going to be at the Senior Bowl. And so what we did in our process is we went out and got out ahead of all the Senior Bowl prospects. And those are the guys we prioritized when we were watching and grading guys. I watched his 2017 tape and it was it was bad. He could not tackle. He looked stiff. He struggled in coverage. He he lacked a little bit of discipline. And uh, I I went and watched some of his 2018 tape uh, recently. It came back to him, and I it was a night it was night and day compared to what he was a year ago. And you like to see that. You like to see guys get better. He um, played with incredible energy he played against iowa late in the season i believe it was their ball game and he set the tone early he chucked tj hawkinson no he didn't yes he did i did i did see that yeah uh whatever i don't care and look tj hawkinson is gonna get talked about a lot here in this show but um, I thought I thought Abrams, you know, was a guy that you know he set the tone. He's physical. He's played with energy. He was all over the field early in the game, and um, you know I, I think his tackling has improved. I think he's able to deliver a hit. I was impressed with some of his ability in coverage. I thought he showed a lot of growth. Uh, you know, dropping underneath in, in underneath zones. Uh, he made a play on a ball in one of the games I watched. I think he had an interception. Um, it's a guy that. If the Chiefs can't go out and get Landon Collins, for instance, to play that box safety role, Abrams is a very solid consolation for that. I'm still hung up on him chucking Hawk.
2: You're going to need to tweet that out because I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about, and I'm pretty sure... TJ just kind of whipped on a block, uh-huh. and Abrams just allayed
1: him. Okay, that's okay. what I think. I could well, be thinking of something else. I'm gonna so. go retweet it because he—it's already on my Twitter account. He, um, by the way, he—he he dropped out of the Senior Bowl with the shoulder, though, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's a guy that had a shoulder injury. I still believe he was around, uh, doing interviews and, and being a part of the process. But he was just—he was not medically cleared to play at the Senior Bowl. This is a guy. If the Chiefs don't find someone that can play in the box, if they move on from Eric Berry, if they can't go out and sign Landon Collins, Jonathan Abrams, I have a round three on him. I could see the Chiefs potentially using one of their round twos on him because I doubt he's there at 92. He's probably closer to that 60s range where the Chiefs have two selections. When's the last time they drafted someone out of Mississippi State? Um, That would have been, I believe, Christopher Jones. Oh. That one worked out. Yeah, the uh, the one from Old Miss did it, <laughs> or hasn't? Not, so <laughs> Not yet.
3: Not uh, yet.
1: Yeah. So that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the AP Draft Show. Merry Draft Miss to all of you. It is draft season. We are going to be here every Friday leading up to the draft. Thanks for listening.